three, two, one. Thanks for joining me, Jerry, uh, on my second episode of my podcast. Uh, thank you for making the time to come and sit with me. So I want to get straight into it. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, thank you for having me, Jake. Um, my name is Gerald, and I'm 29, and I work for a recruitment company um, as a compliance auditor. So it's really important that my attention to detail is top-notch. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I just have a few questions for you. Uh, this isn't going to be exactly interview-type style. Uh, Jerry's just talking to me, so. Sure. Yeah. What would you like to talk about? So, uh, tell me about a little bit more about your job. Uh, what company do you work for? Uh, Manpower. Manpower. What, what, what exactly is that? So it's a recruitment company. Their main head office is in United States, Wisconsin, um, yep. and they're in 80 different countries. So it, it's oh. quite a big business. I, I, I thought this was a UK business. No, I didn't realize. No, no. They're a US-based company, um, but they have their main head offices in Uxbridge, All right. which is also where I live. So it's a 10-minute walk to work. It's super convenient. But yeah, so it's probably one of the biggest recruitment companies in the world. And yeah. they recruit for various businesses such as BT, Royal Bank of Scotland, NatWest, um, Sainsbury's, um, you name it, they, they'll provide the workers. Yeah. And it's a temp agency, so it's mostly temp work. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I actually found this out today. Mom used to work for... Manpower? Yeah, Manpower USA. They yeah. they got her a temp job. Yeah. Way back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom, mom hasn't worked in like thirty years. I don't think. Uh, so uh, yeah, you are, you're a man of many different talents. It, talents. You like a lot of different things, but you can cook really well. <laughs> I can. I picked a lot of the cooking up for my mom. She's probably one of the best cooks that I know. Um, yeah, just from being around her, I picked up a lot of her recipes and then just really got into cooking from probably in the last five years. Before that, I would just rely on the mother to just feed me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely gets to a point in your life where you're like, oh, I'm hungry. Now I got to cook for myself. Yeah. yeah. And then I started traveling and then realized there was this whole mass array of food that I could mm. have. But the... You don't always want to pop out and go to restaurants and spend a lot of money. So I thought I'd just, if I like something, I'm just going to attempt to cook it. And then so right. from there began my love and passion for just cooking. Right. Because college students in London <laughs> don't have, have a lot immediately. To no, them. no, no. But yeah, I cook Mexican food, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't like Mexican food? Love wings. My specialty is steak. I cook a mean steak. Jerry cooks a really mean steak. We had steak tacos the other week, and they were, they were absolutely fabulous. They were really great. Yeah, I, st- I haven't ventured into Japanese food, which is next on my um, list of things to start experimenting yeah. with. But other than that, I've kind of experimented with all other cuisines. But yeah. Japanese w- is next on my list. Great. I will definitely be your test subject. I'll taste any of your food. Uh, Jerry literally just made me a burger like an hour ago, and it was so good, so juicy. Thank you, Jake. You um, you're you're quite into fitness. I am. Um, up until nineteen, I was super skinny. If I turned sideways, yeah. you wouldn't see me. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's a great analogy. Yeah. So I was super skinny, but I was really into sport. But a lot of the times being skinny, some of the um, more um, physical sports I would struggle at. So Mm. I thought, I love sports. I'm never going to stop playing sports. So I might as well try pack on a bit of muscle and get an advantage at, you know, just sports. And then I really got into fitness, really got into, um, and then put on a good 20 kilos. That's 10 kilo if it was at muscle. So, so I got really big. It was, a, it was, a, it was quite a um, drastic transformation. And then came the injuries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, from just, you know, when I first started out, just bad technique and not having yeah. many people to show me. And then one of my friends, he was a personal trainer, who actually showed me how to work out properly. And this was, wow, nine years ago now. And, but the injuries still stayed. So I've been working through the injuries. Um, I'm actually pending a sh- shoulder surgery um, on my left rotator cuff. Hopefully after that, I should be back in, back in shape. But yeah, um, I, still, I still work out. But it's, it's been tough during lockdown, but we've still managed to, you know, go for a few runs. Um, oh, yeah. Work out with some friends, especially in Jake's gym. My, my gym, yeah. I yep. talked to Alex about this uh, in last week's episode. You know, I the gym we're still adding on to it, and Alex has a, a finger hole uh, board. Oh, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna give us it, and that's the other thing. I love meeting new people and allowing them to come to the gym now because they've they've left something. They've given me a bit of advice or experience. The lifting community is very big and vast, and it's exceptional to be a part of it. Wouldn't you would say so, right? Oh yeah, it's a, it's a whole movement, isn't it? Yeah. If you lift, and you find someone else who lifts, you're gonna it's like be a friends. brotherhood. Yeah, it is a brotherhood. Yeah, <laughs> a bro code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like immediate because you have you have everybody to like Karen's lifting to to <laughs> powerlifting. Karen's lifting <laughs> like the powerlifting community. Which it, which the type of lifting I do now is powerlifting. It's really big, and it used to be I was just in the gym to, like you said, put on some muscle, put on a little bit of weight because yes, I was a very skinny boy. I was a stick figure, and it's it doesn't help with the ladies, but <laughs> but um uh yeah, it's it's a big part of my life. Yeah. So, in other words, you play you play NFL, American I football. I do play American football. I watch a lot of American football. I watch a lot of NFL. Yeah. It is it probably is my favorite sport. No, it, it is my favorite sport. Yeah. Love watching it. Never miss a game. Um, my team, Carolina Panthers. Shout out to Panthers. Keep okay. pounding. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we haven't been doing so well in the league. But next season, hopefully, we'll turn this franchise around. But yeah, I do yeah. I do play American football a lot with my uh, my brother and my boys, and sometimes even Jake. He likes to come down and run some two on two drills. Um, you live so far away; it's hard for me to get down there. <laughs> I know, I know, but we'll make it happen once summer comes, yeah, and we'll we we'll, we'll get the boys down. We'll go to a park and we'll play a real game. But yeah, super super into sports. I do love football or soccer. Some of, some of you might like to soccer. call it. But yeah, I do love I do do love UK football too. But yeah. it's just so hard to keep up with um, what in terms of watching. But I do love still playing it. The thing about UK football and American football is that both are such passionate sports. Like yeah. the British 
British football. Diehard fans. Diehard fans. Yeah. Like, it gets brutal out hooligans. there sometimes. A literal At the hooligans. stadiums, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. But yeah, um, I have only actually played American football a handful of times with Jerry and a handful of times in, in the U.S. And I much prefer playing it to watching it. I can't stay stay there for a two hour long game. It's just my I think I think you have to be really invested into it. You really have to be invested in it, and yeah. you need to buy a football jersey. That's what helps you get into <laughs> no, the mood. <laughs> Jerry has this um this black McCaffrey jersey, and it yeah. is so nice. I really want one. I've been very envious. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Christian McCaffrey, number 22. Number um, 22. But I mean, Jake's birthday is coming up, so you never know. He yeah, might Jerry, have a little I'm, surprise. Yeah, I might, have to, <laughs> I might have to make you cop one for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, you love to watch football. You love to play it. Love it. Football season's ended right now, so until it comes back, me and the boys are in deep depression. <laughs> Were you happy with the outcome of the Super Bowl? I was happy. Shout out to Tom Brady. The yeah, goat. Tom Brady's a goat. He is the he's goat. goat. And he is the best football player. I'll, I'll go as far as saying he's the best athlete the world has ever seen. Seriously? Yeah, seven championship rings. I mean... And he's been to 14, f- 10 finals. 10 finals to, yeah. to go into 10 finals of anything is a great feat and he managed to win seven of them which yeah. is just crazy so I, i'd go as far as saying i mean second close mj but he, he was the best to ever do it in basketball but he'd be in the conversation of the greatest athlete ever yeah and then i'd put cristiano ronaldo and messi in that conversation but really Brady, yeah but Brady has just done something so special that I don't think anyone would ever, or for a long time, be able to replicate. See, I feel like Messi... Me- Messi... Obviously, these athletes are... They're human just like us. Yeah. Ronaldo seems very uh, proud. I mean, the guy's, the guy's he, a millionaire. He is proud, but he, rightfully. Sometimes a he's little bit arrogant it. to fans. He is arrogant, but he's earned it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I would say so. He's earned it. Yeah. Back to Tom Brady. Back to Brady. He he won the Super Bowl. His team won the Super Bowl. Personality-wise, I, I, I really enjoy this guy. Because he almost got cancelled. He did. Um, Cancel culture is a problem. Yeah. And this guy said no to it. Which <laughs> not a lot of actresses and... and um, athletes do nowadays no i mean just a big bold move to leave new england his the yeah. only team he's ever played for for two decades mm. and then to say look i'm gonna go somewhere else i'm gonna go to one of the, the worst teams in the nfl and i'm gonna win them the super bowl yeah and he did just that and he knew the whole time that he was gonna do that no one else believed him but he had a dream and he went and chased it and now the only seven time he's very super admirable bowl. he is he is and to be in some some aspects, New England was kind of having him hide his personality a bit because yeah. th- there's a whole system there that you can't be too flashy, you can't go do press conferences, just say whatever you want. But yeah. just going to Tampa Bay has made I've seen a difference in him that like, has elevated him as a person. Yeah. Like his personality is showing yeah. through the team, and like he 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 uplifts everyone around him, and they mm. believe the fact that they can win championships with him and he and he did just that so yeah. he's got a couple more years in him 
Great. I was watching a, a video on YouTube, Men's Health. Yeah. That they did an interview with him, his his workout routine, what yeah. he eats. I mean, the guy's a beast. Yeah. He's, yeah, first off, physique-wise, yeah. he's doing okay. Yeah. He's doing pretty good. Now, Joel, your brother, mm-hmm. he is a fan of the... Browns. The Browns, yes. Is there any sort of rivalry between you two? It, it, I, I I know this, but does it get does it get aggressive sometimes? No, only I mean when the Browns are playing, I love to root against them. <laughs> just, you know, just to yeah. annoy my brother. Yeah, but that's... I mean, I secretly do like what the Browns are doing. Um, historically, they've been in the last two decades the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, and they've really turned that franchise around with a new um coach, a new new QB, the two running backs they have. So yeah. they're really turning it around. So I can't even be too mad at my brother for being a Browns fan. They're, they're doing well. Next season, you'll have to watch out for them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, each to their own. Besides Tom Brady, besides OBJ, the, the, the top guys in their teams, who else do you think is going to make either a comeback or a big show at the next Super Bowl? Well, it's, it's hard to call it, but we still can't rule Brady out and the yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks, if they keep the exact same team that they had this year, you'll you'll see them in either the championship games or, or in the Super Bowl again. But um, I'd say, I mean, always I'm, I'm biased because I'm a Panthers well, fan. Yeah. So I'm hoping we make a comeback. We go draft a new QB or we make a trade yeah. um, with an already cemented QB. If that happens, all we need is a good QB. I mean, Bridgewater's good, but... He's not the answer to our Super Bowl um, yeah. problem. But yeah, um, I mean, other teams to watch out for, you still have to worry about Green Bay, still have to worry about the Seahawks. They could at any point go to the Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, looking forward to next season. That's really great. So you're a young guy. You've been, okay, well. well. <laughs> <laughs> nearing 30, so. <laughs> All right, you just had your birthday. You're, you're tw- you turned 29. Yeah. Uh, you've traveled quite a lot. In, I'd say, the past 10 years. Yeah. So tell me a little about that. Where have you traveled? I mean, it all started from uh, a silly boy's holiday to Isle of Wight. We didn't even leave the country. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a ferry to Isle of Wight, and that was the first boy's holiday, and that was in 2014. It was me and eight of my friends. You met probably most of them. No, you have met all of them now. Yeah, no, yeah. Except one guy, Byron. He he left the group a long time ago. <laughs> Byron. <Some> stuff... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's gone. But yeah, um, it all started from just this, just spending five days <laughs> in a in a trailer park in Isle of Wight. We <gasps> thought we were getting a cabin. That's how it was sold to us. And we get there, and it was yeah. just a trailer with four rooms. So okay, we're here now. Can't exactly go back, so I might as well enjoy it. <laughs> not, not, not sketchy at all. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was a whole boy's holiday nice. in Isle of Wight in a trailer park. But we had fun. And the following following year, there was 12 of us and we upgraded to Tenerife. It's a Spanish yeah. island. And that was one of the best holidays I ever had. That was probably the first real holiday I ever had. With the boys. That was the first official boys' holiday. Mm. And so began the domino effect of having a boys' holiday twice a year. Twice a year? Twice a year, sometimes three times a year. That that year, after Tenerife, I ended up going on another boys' holiday in 2015, September, oh, yeah. to Portugal. 
Lisbon. That was great. That was with my work boy. So it was a different set of lads. Okay. And then a month, literally a week later, I was like, okay, why stop there? Then we ended up going to Menorca with the same set of boys from the Tenerife trip. But not everyone came, but it was still good. It was really good. Yeah. And that was three boys' holidays in one year. <laughs> so in total, how many have you gone on? So then the following year went on, didn't go on any. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was just, just couldn't make it happen. And then the fall in the year after 2017, I was like, we we're back in the swing of things. Um, went on two boys' holidays. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, back, <laughs> Again, at, it. back, back, back at, at it. Back at it. <laughs> one to, um, I know, both in Spain, actually. One to Portugal. Again. No, three holidays, actually. Okay, I'm one seeing to, a pattern here. Yeah, Portugal, one to Portugal, Tenerife. one to Spain, south of Spain, and then Tenerife again. Yeah. Come 2018. I was like, okay, got to do something big now. Back to Tenerife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this one's going to be... This one's going to be crazy, guys. I I, yep. I I really feel this one coming. Yep, Tenerife. And I had to, that was the best Tenerife trip by far. Yeah. Because the, the, the elite, the elite um, members of the group were there, oh, yeah. you know, and we, and Tenerife has one of the best water parks in the world. And it has been rated the best water park in the world, like five yeah. years running. So it's, it's no joke Like this place is amazing. It sounds like we might have to take a trip over there. We, we will have to take a trip there. Um, but no, Tenerife was great. And then. Um, there was a long gap between holidays and then I took a trip to the motherland in December, <sighs> which was great because I hadn't been back in a long time. Wait, was it in December? Yeah, December 2018. Oh, 2018. December 2018. Um, yeah, that was good. The food there is amazing. I, I can't I even tell you how good the food there is. That was great. We went for my um, cousin's wedding. Um, yeah, it was great. I had fun. It was just me and my sister. Um, just stayed with family. We've got a family home there. Great. Um, yeah, everyone was just happy to see us. We, we was happy to see family. Nice. We haven't seen in like almost fifteen years. Wow. So, yeah, it was. So, so yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Um, it's always awkward seeing family after fifteen years. That it was a long seen. time, but it was like we had been speaking back and forth on mm. Skype, and you know, still, still speak on the phone. But yeah, when I when I went back, it was just wow. It's been so long. I come. Yeah. Give me a big hug. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. It's always nerve wracking me- meeting people again for such a long time. It's obviously me and Jerry. We're not. We're not native to the UK. No. We're from different countries. Obviously, I'm from the US. Jerry is from Pakistan. So, you've been to Pakistan how many times? Um. Well, last time I went was in 2006. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And so before the 2018 trip, so there's a long gap in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just never, it, it just, it wasn't the right time. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was, it was an, it was a culture shock going back. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's such a diverse world it, between yeah. the UK where we are so Western. Yeah. I did. I got so used to. Yeah normal roads because the roads aren't made in um <laughs> a lot yeah. of the roads in pakistan aren't um, actual like, actual roads yeah actual roads yeah no it's just it's just dirt just dirt and yeah. dust everywhere but no it's fun um they have a lot of eagles eagles yeah when i said the equivalent of how we have pigeons here they have eagles wait really that's how so many... they overbred no they just that's that's their yeah, pigeons there so there's no pigeons because the eagles just 
take mm. care of them. <laughs> so <laughs> we, so honestly, so they are everywhere you see a bird, it's an eagle. Ah, oh, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, and they dominate the skies, and the, and they they'll just come, they'll sit. In the royals, like they don't care because yeah. they're eagles. <laughs> is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, that's an eagle. <laughs> but better yet, that's a Pakistani eagle. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and some of them are vicious, but yeah, m- more times than often, they're, they're fine. They're mind their business. Yeah, I, I would love to go to Pakistan. Um, I've been to third world countries before. I've been to Armenia, where they have roads that aren't really roads no <laughs> they're kind of just a few rocks yeah they're just dirt roads <laughs> they call it roads yeah. yeah but that's that's the thing earlier last year there was a full-blown war between azerbaijan and armenia yeah. and it was like so crazy because i was there and they azerbaijan they blew up a church that i stood in i was like in wow. that church it, it was it was a crazy experience because it was so different to what I experienced in basically our privileged society in a Western world. Like we don't realize it, but we're pretty lucky to, to live in the UK, but I've been to Armenia and a, just a church that I stood in is just on a cliffside, just falling down this cliffside, just blown up. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, um, Yeah. The, the food in Pakistan, it must be delicious. It is, uh, I've, I've, everywhere I've been, it is the best food I've ever had. Mm. Um, yeah, after that um, Pakistan trip, it was time to go to the US. Ah. <laughs> so June 2019 was the big US trip. I went I went there for two weeks, flew into New York. New York was great. I only had three days there, so okay. I had to... Do literally there was no sleep. It I'm was, actually so jealous. It was constant moving around, going to Central Park, going to literally everything you could think of, Times Square, getting on the subway at like two in the morning. It 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 was great. It was just a jam packed three days of just. I went to a baseball game by myself, <laughs> all the way up. Well, was in, it good though? It was good, but it was all the way up in um, what was the state? It was, it was upstate, all the way up in. It? it was upstate. It was in. It was near Yonkers. And this place, yeah, this place is just shady. When oh. I say it, it was just, oh. there were just crackheads selling water. Yeah, just just crackheads <laughs> selling water. No, I don't want your home brewed water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it do be like that sometimes. And then there was just a fruit stall outside and I love cherries. And this dude was selling cherries by the kilo for so cheap. I was like, okay, I'll just take a whole bag of a kilo of cherries. And I sat at this baseball game eating cherries while, while Seven had their hot dogs and <laughs> nachos. <laughs> that is the most British thing yeah. you could do. Yeah. Bring cherries to a baseball <laughs> game filled with nachos and hot dogs. No, you love to see it. <laughs> yeah, the, the game was good. And then it was time to fly down to Dallas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Texas was great. Um, got a few friends there, so they let me stay there. They oh, showed nice. me around. Shot my first gun. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I'm actually so jealous. Yeah. You, you don't understand, Jerry. Yeah. I'm so yeah. jealous. My friend, he's a he's a um he was still he's a cop, but you know yeah. how every state has different laws. He was a cop in Florida, but when he moved his family to Texas, mm. he had to do do academy again because Texas rules. Oh really? Texas rules are different to Florida rules. <laughs> you see him, you shoot him. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's not. Like he that. had to go back from nine months to academy again. It was six or nine months. So yeah. when I went, he was still in academy, so we couldn't go on a drive by because he was still. Wait, drive by. Not a drive-by, but like a, a 
Uh, a, 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 a ride along. A ride, a, yeah, ride along. Right, couldn't go. couldn't go on a ride along because he was still in the academy, but um, but now he was great. He opened up his trunk and there was just <laughs> ammo everywhere. There was just handguns, <laughs> shotguns, bullets flying out. And then we yeah we took his um you know, uh, service guns, <laughs> and we went to the. <laughs> that is mad how you can take your friend's police officer's gun as you yeah. Know, and him. so we went down to the um the gun range and we just shot guns for like an hour. Yeah. And then we came out and they had to actually give me a certificate to carry with me when I went back. So I've shot a gun because then they'll find residue, gun residue. And then that's hard to explain to customs why I have gun residue on my fingers. Because it stays with you for a couple of weeks. Oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. So they have to give me a certificate in case they ask me why I've got gunpowder on my fingernails. And, and just to be clear, when you go through TSA, American and British customs, they are ruthless. I'm white and they pull me over every time I get body searched. I get thrown into a machine. I get scanned because I looked really sketchy. Um, yeah, it, it was it's brutal. Yeah, it is. The first and, time I touched down into New York, I was with the with the custom agents, the TSA guys for a good two hours. They were just questioning me about everything from when I was born to now. And this guy went through my whole phone, dude. went through all my pictures, all my messages. And there was a message on there to one of my old pastors that I was going to stay with in in in, oh, no. in Atlanta, Georgia, and I and and I'd messaged him and I needed a reply back quick, and I said, "Hey, pastor, <laughs> holler at me when you get time." And obviously, holler here means some. It means the same thing, but it's a it's a lot more formal here or informal here than it is in America. So this guy, the TSA agent, he was reading my messages to my ex pastor. So he goes, "Wait." You say holler to your pastor? <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, we're cool. He's young. <laughs> and then yeah. after 45 minutes of going through my whole phone, every picture I've ever taken, every message I've ever sent, he goes, he goes, he t- takes a stamp. I goes, enjoy New York City, my man. <laughs> and that's it. I that's take, so American. Yeah, yeah, I take my passport back and then I'm on my way to go see New York. No, but you have to agree that British, British people immediately... It used to be different, but immediately they're not as friendly as Americans. Would you say that? No, they're not. But except that the the they're so hospi- hospitable. Except the TSA agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. The customs. Uh, I did not enjoy that, but you know yeah. they're just doing the job, I profiling. Know. You know. <laughs> uh, okay, we might disagree a little bit. Uh, but but it was fine. I thought it would be worse. It could have been. It because when my dad went. Um, he went to America and he took Joel. This was back in 2005. Right. They let Joel go through, but Joel had to wait for my dad for five hours. And Joel was 11 at the time. He was just waiting outside on a, on a seat for my dad to come out of this room after five hours of questioning. Yeah. So you're, what you're telling me is that that's a good way to get rid of Joel. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I, I, yeah, mine was only hour and a half, two hours, so I got away quite... Easy, I guess. No, um, yeah. But apart from that, America was great. People were so yeah. friendly. I mean, as soon as you start speaking, they they change Ooh, their tone. Don't I like they? your accent. Where you from? <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, everyone's super friendly. No, nothing. Um, apart from that baseball game, it it wasn't too sketchy. Actually, I wanted some authentic Mexican tacos. Okay. So I was in, I was staying in um, um, Queens. 
Queens, New York. Yeah. So, and then it was just one straight subway train into um, Manhattan. It was literally one stop. So where I was staying. But, so I, t- I went for a little detour and there was this little Mexican joint mm. under a bridge though. And it was uh, a shadiest un- place. Un- yeah, it was under a under bridge. A yeah, yeah, bridge. yeah. But everyone had told me, if you go to New York, you have to go find an authentic Mexican place. But it's it's always in the most dingiest areas. Uh, so I'm, I'm in this place. I'm thinking, I'm going to go in. I'm going to get my tacos. I'm going to leave before I get stabbed or shot. So I go into yeah. this place. I order three tacos. All three flavors. You know, chicken, pork, beef. Best tacos I've ever had in my whole life. Seriously. The best tacos. I'll show you a picture after. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The, the, the best tacos I've ever had in my whole life. I eat them and I run out. Well, I'm not about to get shot here. Well, I you run two... out. Yeah, I ran out. Because I didn't want to get stabbed go when girl, I walked bye. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swallowed my tacos and I was gone. I was like, I've had the best tacos. I want to save my life. I'm out. But no, it was good. And then I found Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Dude. Fell in love. I told myself when I go to America, I'm only going to dine at one place, one time, because there's so many places I need to go to. Ended up having Chick-fil-A four times because it's just that good. Everything you've heard is true. Chick-fil-A yeah. is... The best fast food place, yeah. in my opinion, anyway. From no, all the it other definitely places is. I've had. Yeah. It definitely is. And it's something else. The UK needs to get with the program. Yeah. They canceled Chick Fil A. Yeah. I I hate this cancel culture. They, yeah. they, they canceled Chick Fil A over here. Yeah. Really disappointed. I mean, it wasn't delicious. very good. We had it. it. wasn't even close to. Really. Yeah, me and me and them went. See, I had it back in 2019 in December, and just having it in June, and I couldn't really taste the the difference. The chicken. It was a little bit more fatty in America, um, but I really couldn't taste the difference. Yeah, not really. I could, yeah, I could, man. It was, it was, it was disappointing. You, you have more. Um, what's the word? Uh, You've better. You better taste buds. Yeah, more experienced, yeah, more taste refined buds. palate. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's an interesting take. Uh, well, we could sit here and talk about food all day. <laughs> I I know we really could. Um, so, it was New York. What then, next? Then New York, did my three days in New York, went down to Dallas, stayed with a few friends. Um, they showed me around, shot my first gun. And Jeez. then they took me to Texas de Brazil, or was it Fogo de Chao? They're both very similar. Yeah. But it was, it's just a meat buffet. Like, they come to your table. It's like a Brazilian barbecue. They come to your table, they slice meat off. But this place had, like, 50 different kinds of meats. It, it got to a point where... I was so full, but I didn't want to stop because I, I knew I wasn't going to get this food again for a long time. Yeah. I could feel the food creeping up. I've had that sensation before. To, it's the, really to the top of my esophagus. And yeah. at that point, I was like, okay, I better stop now because any more, I will throw up. But then I thought if I did throw up, I could go for another plate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, but no, I stopped. But that was one of the best restaurants I went to in mm. in America, in all of America. It, I still think about that to this day. Yeah. And I can't wait to go. America <laughs> has, depending on who you ask, some of the best food. Because, yeah, again, it's, it's it, it so was diverse. Very, yeah, it's so diverse. It was great. I enjoyed every bit of that trip. And then mm. flew down to Florida. Um, Went to, what was that? Clear, yeah, Clearwater, Florida. Yeah. They have some of the best beaches. Um, yeah. That was good. When, went for that, actually went for a Christian church conference. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was very good. I heard some great preaching there. Yeah. It was just literally nonstop three days of like different sessions, different preaching sessions, and then you split off into groups. And they had like it wasn't just preaching, so they had 
different things on how to how to manage your finance. Really? There was a there's a pastor a he's a financing ex- course in church. Yeah, but he was a so this pastor he's a he's a pastor now but he's an uh, ex accountant. So he was just giving you tips how to, you know, just manage your money better. And how you can do that whilst, you know, still that biblically biblically manage your money better because you know the Bible tells ah, us not. What was his name? Um oh my goodness. Um it wasn't Dave Ramsey, was it? No, 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 no. It Oh my goodness, his his name has just slipped my mind. He he pastors a church in um Colorado Springs. Ah. Um Colorado Springs. Yeah, he has a great testimony by the way. Oh wow. Um his him and his him and his wife were in a car accident and they had so his wife was picking him up from I hope I don't butcher the story, but his testimony is amazing. His he was coming back from the airport. And he asked his he, his um, transfers got cancelled, so he asked his wife to drive up to the airport and like come get him. But normally, any other time, his wife would like, just bring the kids. But that night, she's like, you know what? Let me just leave the kids, and I'll go by myself. So as she's driving to him to pick him up, she gets gets into an accident, and she's paralyzed from the waist down. And just around permanently, permanently till now, oh, she's in a wheelchair to to this day. But he. So he was looking to get into the ministry, but he's he's he he was already he was very rich at the time. He oh, had a, wow. he had a great job. Like there was no reason for him to you know get into the ministry, but like he was he was fighting he God. Was, he was called. He, he was called into the ministry, but he was fighting God at yeah. the time, saying like there's no way he's going to quit his job and yeah. get into the ministry. But then this accident happened, and that was like his his way that was the sign. Like that. And then he's never he'd never prayed so much for his wife to get better and like get feeling back in her. And then like he actually ended up becoming. A pastor now he pastors a a, a a decent sized church in Colorado Springs, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he's got a great testimony. Um, mm. good guy. Um, yeah, he was there doing one of the sessions. Then my old pastor, who's actually my pastor for five years, he actually organizes the whole conference in Florida. Um, Pastor John Anderson. Um, yeah, the whole experience was really good. I'd 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 actually recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Um, it's mostly for young um single Christians. Sign me up. Yeah, it was it was just a good experience. Just three days of nonstop, like jam packed preaching, different sessions you can go to. It was very good, and obviously you get to see Florida. <laughs> oh yeah, Florida's yeah. beautiful. Speaking yeah. of Florida, we're gonna go there hopefully next year. Yes, Disneyland. Disneyland, yes. Universal. Gonna see some family. Uh, Jerry, you. I'm actually part of the Jake's family now. I ended up marrying yeah. Jake's sister, so. We're family now. Yeah, we're family now. So I'm invited to all the all the, the trips to America, all the gatherings. You know, not not that you're gonna take it every time. <laughs> yeah, or they mean, might want to come back. A, a trip to America, I will. I'll never say no. Really? You know? Yeah, yeah. I'll be there every time. Great. Yeah. So we're gonna see some family. We're yeah. gonna go to Disney. The house. Have you seen the house yet? No. Oh, it's a house we're looking at. Yeah. It is so nice. It personal pool. With a jacuzzi, uh, it's in this sort of, uh, what do you call those, country club parks? Yeah. It's in sort of a country club park. Yeah, uh, park and they just have park. a bunch of villas dotted around in this. Yes, but they're okay. full-on, you know, American-sized homes. Okay. It's, the, the house is amazing. Obviously, um, Alex and Anna are going to be with us, Yeah, which is going to be really great, because they're leaving this year. And then... Well, we don't know. 
okay, we don't know, but it's it's like a ninety percent chance that they're leaving yeah. us this year, yeah. which is sad, but it's great because we're gonna see them again next year. Yeah, and it gives us an excuse to take a trip uh, yeah. north of America. Yeah, just a, it's a hop across the border for them. Yeah, <laughs> literally a straight <laughs> shot down Florida. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're you've traveled so much and you've got to experience so yeah. many different people and I guess ideas at times. Mm. What was your favorite experience of any country you've been to? My favorite experience. I had a real eye-opening um, moment in Pakistan. Yeah. I just we were I was with my cousin and he's got a he's got a little motorbike, little one two five. And like he'd to anywhere we'd go, like he'd take me on it. And we were riding one day and I just saw this homeless mother and daughter. Yeah. Just in the middle of a roundabout, just that's where they lived, just setting up camp. And that just, it was an eye-opening moment. That just really got to me, to where the whole time I was there, like any time I'd see like homeless, a homeless person or someone just asking for food, I'd just take and walk them up to like any shops. If I look, just get what you want, and I'll just, I'll just pay for it. Yeah. It, it really, it shocks you how much poverty there is, how how well off we are, and how yeah. we take just everything for granted. And we can say things like, oh, I don't want to eat that because I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a real privilege to, you know, just be able to say, yeah, I don't like mushrooms. I'm not going to eat mushrooms. Yeah, I'll pass Whereas up. They, yeah, uh, I'll pass. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And we, we will throw it. Because we throw have it at our disposal. Yeah, we have it. We throw away leftovers. And just to see someone who's just begging for food and hasn't eaten in days, it, it, was, it, was, it was very eye-opening. Um, yeah. Gives you a real perspective on how good you're actually living. Yeah. So when I went to Armenia, uh, the kids are, the kids there are so skinny. Mm. They don't eat meat. There is, there, I say they don't eat meat. They do eat meat, but it is a very limited time to when they can eat meat. It's so a, like during the it's summer. It's a luxury, isn't it? Yeah, it really them. is. Yeah. It really is. And you have really, really rich parts of Armenia. Mm. And then you have the poorest of the poor parts in Armenia. There is no in-between. And so the friends that we were staying with, they had a pretty big estate. Mm. It was about five floor floors. And they lived where they conducted their services. And that was on the third floor. They did, tr- uh, they worked with the children in the creche on the top floor. And I know these people quite well. And um, yeah, that was, that was an eye-opening experience for me. Yeah. Because, and it was very scary. I was, uh, how old was I? This was in 2017. I was 14 years old. And this is very, I didn't know what to expect. You hop off this, this plane from Russia. We had, Russia was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. And I didn't even leave the airport. Yeah. (laughs) That's one place I don't think I'd go. Yeah. I don't. Even though my best friend is Russian, I would never, he, even he said, look, there's no way we could ever go there. (laughs) I mean, it's bad. Communist countries are bad. But the government in Armenia, mm. it gets overthrown like every other year by the military. And it's a really sad situation because the people that I know who work there can't live there because the coronavirus hit them so hard. And so when I was over there when I was 14, it was it was such a crazy experience. I, I didn't know what to expect. I thought I expected, you know, a few poor people a few and, and a lot of rich people. But there was nothing like it. The houses that you would find in Kensington, yeah. in London, 
is what you would find on the same street as 20 homeless people. Yeah. Like mansions owned by the mafia. And mm. when you went by these people's houses, the mafia's houses, you, you don't speak. Yeah. You, you zip your lips. You you don't mention their name. And I slipped up and I was like, oh, how joking around. Because I didn't take it seriously. I'm yeah. a stupid kid. I didn't take it seriously. And I was being a loud mouth around these mafia houses. And they just grabbed my mouth and they were like, look, you you can't do that. That's that's seriously mm. insane. And you, can, and you knew they were the mafia, not because of their houses, but specifically... Because of their G-Wagons. There were so many G-Wagons in Armenia. It was was like they made them over there. (laughs) But yeah, that's my experience with a third world country. And obviously it's really bad. We're quite privileged. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. So another thing that I wanted to get into, which I I I don't know if you want to, but you're... I would say you're quite big on conspiracy theories. I am. I love a good conspiracy theory. See, you love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah. Does that mean that you acknowledge it more as this is an idea or do you hold this to be a truth? I take it as a a counter to a story. A counter to a story. Yeah. It's a a different narrative. And a lot of the times there's a lot of compelling arguments as to why this could be the real story rather than the one we we know or mostly hear in the media or what's been taught. So I just like I just like I just like to know the other side of the story before I ever make Definitely. my ever make my um judgments on anything. Are um, there any conspiracies that you've changed your mind on? Um something that you thought was true, but you you really looked into it and you were like, oh well maybe I don't know. I, th- I was when I was younger I was really consumed by the 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 conspiracy theory about the Rothschilds. I don't know if you've heard it. The Rothschilds. Yeah, the fact that they own everything. I I don't I know. So it's a so it's a it's an ancient family. They still have like and they still have generational like, generation wealth now. But they're said to be the most powerful and the most influential. But they control everything. They control the yeah. media. They control. There were rumors that they owned the Fed, every federal bank in America and like other countries, and I really started looking into this. I was like, "Oh, hold on, there's a lot of truth to this. Like, this could be true." But yeah. as as you really like take a seat back, you don't know whether to believe it or not. There's there's yeah. just great arguments for both sides. But I was this had me consumed for a long time. The fact that really? every, that the whole world was being ruled by the Rothschilds. Um. Yeah. Who are the Rothschilds? So basically, when when um, World War Two happened, yes, there was this the Rothschild. They were from Germany, so there was this rich guy. He sent his five sons into. This is how the story the story goes. He sent his sons into, like the most powerful countries that he thought they could really influence the governments. So the the story is they funded both because they were so rich. They funded both sides of the war. So they armed. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they armed the Germans. They armed the Americans. They armed the 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 French. The French. They armed. So they they so they supplied just to get more money because that's how you make money. You you make money from war. You sell. So how 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 so? You sell, they they so they sold apparently they sold weapons to 
yeah. everyone and that's how they got their money so they and but at the time these 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 big countries that were involved in the wars they weren't so rich yeah. so they had to do IOUs so if the, if a country owes you a large debt you can so they ended up owning banks in so the story goes they ended up owning banks in Germany France London um UK America and the, which is why so they owned the fed they owned the federal reserve yeah. which is which is why they say that Kennedy was shot okay it, it, so if you follow the whole narrative that's what yeah. they say that which is why I can't that they Kennedy was making a lot of um, headways, but why he wanted to get rid of the Federal Reserve and give the money back to give the power back to the people because no one, no government, no one should own the Federal Reserve. Um, yeah, that, that's I would, what he I would was, agree. Yeah. yeah, so which is what he was trying to do, and that which is why he was assassinated. So the story goes. Okay. I don't know how. So yeah, I've spent a lot of time into. And, and, and this is something you've you don't believe anymore. I, I don't know what to it's just it's just a good it's so complicated that. yeah like it, it's too it's too far-fetched that it's not far-fetched enough if that makes sense mm. it's so ludicrous that it could just be true <laughs> yeah yeah conspiracy theorists get a bad rap for being yeah. completely out of their mind yeah. but i know you're not out of your mind yeah you just think a lot in depthly about these kind of situations yeah it's just good to have a perspective a different perspective yeah um the one i still believe in is the moon landing i think i, f- I think it was hoaxed i'm, I'm convinced 100 yeah. percent that was hoaxed man's never been to the moon seriously do you think we've been to mars no never been to mars uh, so there is a tubbler i believe uh i talked this i talked to alex about this in my last episode yeah the tubbler spacecraft i think it's called that don't quote me and it 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 is a is it it is a autonomous camera telescope mm-hmm. and it's gone into deep space missions and we've we found way bigger planets than this so stars than the sun the the sun is a star and we found way bigger planets than the earth that are can sustain life uh a big misconception that i talked to alex about is that we think oh it'll be such a luxury to go to the moon and it will be it'll be very luxurious it'll be a calm ride like no you might die yeah and so these astronauts have whether you whether or not you believe it or not it was a it was a what's the word i'm looking for it was very. It was a, a tough ride. Not so. No, it was they the risked their lives. They did. So they say, but I, I'm so convinced that it was all done in the studio, because yeah. at, at the time there was a big space race. Sorry, there, folks. We uh we had a little bit of an interruption. We had to stop real quick. So, like we were saying, it was a hard ride for these astronauts to yeah. endure. So they say. I just I'm just not yeah. convinced that the 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 aircraft that they were supposedly came back in, if you look at real pictures of it, that thing wasn't supporting anyone. That thing couldn't even bring a fly back to Earth. It, it, a lot of things about that that whole space mission were shady. Like what? Things like there was a space race going on between Russia and between the USSR and America, 
and they were both competing to be, you know, who can get to, and then all of a sudden, um, they they've spent years on all of this research, both sides, yeah. on how to get someone a man on the moon, and all of a sudden, the US is ready with their, what was it? What's the first one? Apollo eleven, Apollo. Uh, Apollo nine, Apollo 11, one of them. They were ready yeah. with their with their space mission, and they, lo and behold, next thing you know, they're in. They're a moon. They took five pictures, <laughs> and they came back down <laughs> with these five pictures. <laughs> right. Um. So ooh, we have telescopes now that can take very close up pictures of the moon, and I'm like, well, that's pretty clear. I mean, we take the video evidence. It's very old. We haven't been to the moon since. Yeah, which it's which very which old. boggles my mind. I don't technology know. since then and now yes. we have so much more technology I now. I feel like, you know, America's gone. NASA, okay, we've been to the moon. SpaceX now. We're we're all trying to get on Mars. We're trying to colonate Mars because I I, th I think we believed we found water underneath the surface, and what Elon wants to do is bomb. He he wants to heat up. He wants to Mars. heat up Mars. He wants to. But the I quickest quote, way heat he, up Mars. Yeah. Quickest way he thinks he can do that is he to blow it up. <laughs> Which, I mean, it could work. There, the the dude's really smart, and I think if he put enough time and effort into it, I think SpaceX is is going places. Yeah. See, I don't know. I'd have to see it to believe it. That's one of those things where until it takes off, and. I don't know. I just, I've just learned to not worry myself too much about space. There's so much on Earth. We, there's still to learn and to explore. I've just given. I've just. I don't concern myself too much with space. Anything really? outside of Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Jack Ma, Chinese richest man, said yeah. that, and Elon looked at him in a panel, and. I mean, you can Elon Musk and Jack Ma can't have a conversation. Yeah. Jack Ma's an idiot <laughs> because he is. And Elon Musk is someone who's very smart. And I don't agree with Elon Musk on everything. Mm -hmm. I believe that Tesla batteries are specifically hurting our environment. Mm. It's definitely not intentionally because electric cars are a cool idea. I don't particularly care for them, but they are hurting our environment well, more than gasoline is. By 2035, there will be no petrol cars. And that and that's a problem. They are gonna get rid of everything that's petrol. So yes, we're to, only gonna have electric cars. Yeah, to to produce electric cars takes way more energy than gasoline does. I mean, and that's and that's a fact. You can yeah, try and debate to me on that, but that's them, a though. fact. What okay, you gotta think they... how long these cars are still gonna have to run, and you're gonna have to still put petrol in these cars, and yes. they're, they're still not gonna have CO two emissions. Though. You can so go further in a gasoline car. I don't, I don't drive, so I don't much care for... I'm a gearhead, so I know all about this. Yeah. See, by the time I'm I'm driving, I, I don't care what I drive, as long as I get to drive a Mustang. Yeah. I'd prefer it to be petrol. <laughs> yeah, so would I. They've, they've ruined the uh, Mustang recently. They made it electric. They made the first electric Mustang, and it looks awful. It looks awful. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't sound like anything. Which isn't what Mustang as a brand is. You have Ford and then you have Mustang. Mustang's a, a completely different brand. It, it really is, trust me. It's what Ford makes and then what Mustang makes. It's like a, a different company. Yeah, I it's, do. It's that's, entirely that's different. That's a dream car. Um, yeah. 
that's, I would probably say a bright red Ferrari and a Mustang would satisfy me. That that's top. That those are top two of my cars that yeah, I would so have. My never get into Ferraris. They've really they've flooded the market with just. If you're rich, you have to have a Ferrari. Such a um, no. That's such a. That's what I'm saying. Such a stereotype. That's such a stereotype with Ferrari. You can buy a Ferrari nowadays for you as can. as much as an Audi. I know. Or I just RS6, couldn't. An older version. I just couldn't justify if I had the money. Oh, I definitely could. I, I reward, couldn't justify I getting a Ferrari. Myself. I'd get, like I said, dream cars, Mustang. I'd definitely get if I wanted one of those fast sports cars. Then I'd definitely get. I think and yeah, Audi RS would be mm. my preferred choice. Yeah. yeah. I'd R8s are very nice. I've spent a lot of time yeah. in the older one that mm. was made in like two thousand eight and the new yeah. one which was made in twenty seventeen. Mm. And with a real world dr- rear wheel drive system, it's like a, a little bit odd. I sorry, you don't know much about this, but Audi has a real world drive system now. Yeah. And their whole thing is quattro which is four-wheel drive. Yeah. So it boggles my mind why they've done this, obviously to compete with Lamborghini, who made a very similar car, the Hurricane Evo, Yeah. Uh, as their rear-wheel drive model. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think we'll completely get rid of petrol cars. I think they'll, they'll, be, plan, they'll be a little... I know, it's the UK's plan, but... No, the US's plan as well. I, I feel like... The uh, US but, came up with this first, so they, they want to eliminate even fa- every factory that they have. I know that be, I know that Joe Biden wants to do that, but he can't do that. No, companies have... Ford has actually come out and made the announcement. Really? All of their factories, by 2035, they're going to eliminate all of their factories that even produce petrol cars. So it's all going to be electric. And the and the, everyone else is following right behind. No, but they've I, I can't in, have they've that. initiated their plan for twenty thirty. You have petrol to... heads in America with a lot of guns. Yeah, and but when I don't I... think you'd be able to talk with people who have guns and fast cars. Yeah, but if the organization <laughs> decides to that they're no longer gonna make. These... My problem with that, Jerry. Sorry, we had to take another short break there because uh, Jerry uh, had a business call. Very important. But uh, that's enough about uh, uh, electric and petrol cars. Uh, Yeah, I guess we'll get what we get in in, in two decades. We'll find out. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Jerry, one last thing before you go. Yes. You're you're a musician. You're a very good musician. Yes. So you play piano. When did you start playing piano? And when did you start being very passionate about it? Um, Well, I always wanted to learn an instrument. My first instrument I actually picked up was when I was eight. It was a trumpet. Oh, right. And it was super tough for me because it requires a lot of lung capacity. It was just a tough instrument because I was such a small kid just to even pick up a trumpet. And and that was the first instrument I actually picked up and I actually learned quite a bit of it. And then I gave that up. And then my real instrument was piano. I started learning that when I was 12. Mm. Um, I actually learned playing the piano from our old church pianist who would come teach my... Helen? S- no, Na- Miss Nancy. Oh, okay. She different. would teach my sister and I'd just sit in the background and just watch everything she would teach my wow. sister. So you learned by ear. Yeah, so when, once they would leave, I'll pull out everything, pull out the books and everything she would, she would she taught my sister and I'd then just practice it. That's pretty good. To eventually, it got to a point where 
she, that she started seeing that I was taking a big interest in, you know, learning the piano and I was, and I was getting quite good. So she gave me a few lessons and then she actually had to, she was getting, um, she had a few heart attacks and she was getting, yeah. So she actually had to, she would travel an hour just to come to church. She lived in way far in Essex. Wow. She, every Sunday she'd drive for an hour just to come to church. So it got to a point where it was impossible for her to come to church. So fast forward, I'm 14 years old now and I'm the only other person in church who can play the piano. So I started actually playing for the congregation mm. from when I was 14. I was terrible then. <laughs> I knew three yeah. songs. I knew three songs and we'd have to do those three songs. For a whole month or two, we did three songs that I knew on repeat. <laughs> Sunday you and morning. Emily, you and your wife have the same sort of story because we yeah. did those three songs yeah, every told, week. Yeah, she told me. And Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night, three songs. We didn't need, need song books anymore. We didn't need the words. Everyone knew those three songs except me. Now, you're, you're a young guy in the church playing. Did anybody complain to you? No, everyone knew what, was, what the score was. I was, I, was, I was still a child. I was just this... Skinned little dude on the piano. I struggled to press the keys. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah. But eventually I was like, you know what? I just need to learn more songs. And so I just practiced, started practicing new hymns. And after like a couple months, we were back to, you know, I could, it got to a point where I would just practice day and night just by myself, just trying to read music. And it got to a point where I could eventually play any song that was requested so in like six months to a year, the church was back to normal. I was I was just playing the whole hymn book, whatever that the song leader wanted. That's the song that I was playing, and yeah, th- thus began my ministry in the 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 my worship ministry, I guess. Yeah. And then about five years ago, I was like, I want to learn another instrument. Picked up the guitar, um, literally learned from YouTube. Three months, I I was. I could play pretty much any song. That was probably one of the easiest instruments I've ever picked up. Yeah. Um, guitar. And now, for my birthday, Em's bought me a, uh, yeah. she, she bought me a um, trumpet. So. Going to gonna, take another crack at it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I've started practicing quite a bit now. Um, hopefully, in, in a few months, I'll be able to do a whole song. Number one on the list mm. is Louis Armstrong. La Vie and Rose. Nice. That will be nice. once I learn that. Yeah, it's gonna be the it's, new party trick. It's gonna be far, and then we can yeah. start to play jazz. Yes, with I've, each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be a fun time. Uh huh. Yeah. So, how has would you say that learning your instrument you would lacked behind in studies in school? No. It, was if, this more if, prevalent? If anything, because because I didn't have um. I didn't play PlayStation or video games growing up. Yeah. So it it was it was probably if I could do it again, I'd probably tell my parents that good thing you didn't get me them, because then I would have been so distracted, I'd never been able to focus on sports, yeah. learn music, do art. So it was a good thing that I didn't have video games as a distraction, and it's probably a good thing for me. It helped me um in school study wise. I was I was a smart kid. Yeah. Um, and just learning piano it just enhanced my. Just, uh, just open up my brain thought to process? yeah thought process it it just helped me to think different um it was it was just good for me yeah. it was just good for me to have be unlock my creative side because then it just helped me with my studies as well it yeah. I, I could always retain information so i used that to learn just 
just memorize songs. I, I didn't need the music after I played it once. I could memorize the notes and I could I never needed to look at the song book yeah. again. So it was pretty and I can see as I'm getting older, it's getting harder to retain information like music notes like I yeah. could when I was younger. And I can see my brain deteriorating as I'm getting older. But really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I that can, is that sort of scary? It is and it isn't, because now I'm I'm better at retaining other information. But musically, I, I, I can see my, I've seen my, I've seen the difference between yeah. when I was younger and now. See, I'm seeing a different effect. I can yeah. read music a lot better yeah. now. Uh, academically, I don't think it's helped me that much. I play yeah. the drums and a little bit of the guitar. I've been yeah. trying to teach myself the guitar just off of YouTube for the last three months. Now. Yeah. And... Academically, no, it's not. It's not helped me as much. I don't foresee a future career in music for myself, mm. um, as I would someone that someone that I know. For instance, a sibling. I mm. see probably a music career in Stephen. Probably, yeah. yeah Stephen's a great singer. Uh, we all work with each other on a Saturday and Sunday. I play the drums. Jerry's on the piano normally, and we have a blast. Yeah, it's it's good fun. It really is, and we've been doing this for about five years now. Jerry is, I, I would say, I would say you're experienced enough in our worship team. Yeah, it was you know it was, it was a tough transition because all, yeah. all all I've done my whole for a whole decade was just play piano. I it was a very um, old school fundamental church, so yes. there was no drums and no other instruments. It was just the song leader. There was no worship. It was just a song leader and one piano. Yes. And I'm just used to playing for the congregation and one person. And I'll just play. It was There was no timing, no nothing. You you just follow the song leader. You, whatever, his, whatever pace he set, I would just follow. Like you can't yeah. be too, you can't be faster than him. You can't be slower than him. So you just have to just listen, listen out to how he's singing and just follow him. And, and then to when the transition to come and join in a worship band. There's a guitar. There's a <laughs> there's bassist. A drum, there's a bassist. Did you meet? Um, because we had a flutist. Did you meet Helen? No, no. I heard about her though. Right. She was. Uh, she was really friendly. She was really great. Yeah. I loved her personality. Just a, just a good person. Yeah. Uh, she was really great. But at that time, we had bass, flute, our three singers, drums, guitar, piano. I mean, that's. It got pretty full. Yeah. And we're always trying to expand yeah, our good. space. Yeah. It really is. And the amount of experience we have all uh we've all had just yeah. working with each other and learning our personalities and, and how we should cope with yeah. a difficult song. Where we have endured two I say endured. We but we have we we've endured <laughs> we've been through a lot. We've we've been through a lot, but we've endured two now music uh yeah. What's, what's their names? Music coordinators. Yeah, yeah. So we've gone through, I would say, different administration. Yeah. And they've both been good and they've been they've different really in, good, their yeah. own, in their own way. Um, and they've helped us. They've helped us. Uh, each person who's uh, been our worship director has helped us grow in a different path. And yeah, that's. Um, it's really great. Yeah, I mean, worship's a big part of both our lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we love it. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, and about growing in this band, 
I didn't used to like playing drums in this band. I'll, I'll tell you, I, it, I would say for myself a few years ago that it was a waste of time for me. That's what I would tell myself. It, it wasn't a waste. It was good to endure it. But now I'm, I have a blast on a Saturday night. It's something that I look forward to now. So it's, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Jerry. It, we've been here for an hour and three minutes, which is, which is pretty good. You were quite nervous. You were quite nervous. Um, but I really appreciate you coming. And Thank you for having me. We should definitely do this again sometimes. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank you.